complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Yeah, we're going to talk about 2020, the, the goods. Yeah. I feel like I managed to have one of the better New Year's Eves that I've ever had. This is good. Very nice. It's pretty lively. <laughs> Dope. Pretty lively downtown. Oh, nice. I didn't even think about going downtown because I thought everywhere closed at 10. Yeah, and they, it did not. It was interesting. At Plonk, it was like after 10. It just seemed like the staff was overwhelmed and didn't want to enforce anything. And so oh, by the uh, end of the, by yeah. midnight, we were all just like, everyone was dancing together. No one was wearing masks. We were like cheersing oh, and, man. you know, random rocking people swinging our, you around. And it was great. Rocking art uh, took the brute force. Probably. And, yeah. And uh, now all the other bars are going to be like, oh, well. Uh, Think they can get away with it. Yeah. At huh. least last night, I think they probably were like, we're not sacrificing the <laughs> bank we're about to make if we stay open uh, two more hours. So anyways. Nice. It was a good time. We just hung out, played card games. Burned a tree, I saw. Yeah, we did a Christmas That's tree fun. burning. Yeah. Christmas burning. My cousins and I used to do that some years. That's that fun. was pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty uh, intense. Swung in. Caleb invited me over to the Christmas tree burning with the Ballians. Mm. And Mr. Ballion owns this house that we rent. Ah, okay. and he's got twelve kids. Holy moly! So there was wow. like wow, wow, like million and, kids, <laughs> and they all have kids. Oh, okay. So there, there might adults. have been twenty children. Holy moly! Like tiny children, <laughs> and there was probably five baby babies. Oh man! Mm. And it was it was a vibe. It felt you know it was pretty was cool. A vibe. That, yeah, we <laughs> life burnt the there tree, and I was there. like, I don't fit in here. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's married and has babies. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Did you bring your cat? And you could bring your cat. No, I did not. Your cat. <laughs> just and then uh, just walk in with Timo on your arm, just like <laughs> this stroking is what I got. <laughs> I no, no, I'm not an animal baby person. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> this is good. I'm proud of you. Apparently, the um the some of the engineers from uh, SpaceX. After, I don't know if they did it this year, but I met a guy who worked there a few years ago and he said that they had a tradition in their whatever department he was in where they would um, drive around L.A., pick up abandoned Christmas trees that are just, you know, people put Mm -hmm. out to the curb to get picked up and they'd go out to the desert and they'd build like a big effigy of some sort with all the trees <laughs> and then they burned them <laughs> and they'd have this huge celebration and because they're all like <clears throat> rocket scientists they'd also like right. make other explosives and like right. stuff why not <laughs> huh. it's like yeah why get not? rowdy and burn stuff <laughs> well that's that sounds kind of fun <laughs> doesn't that sound fun <laughs> i'm into it i should be an engineer at spacex now just right? for the parties <laughs> yeah that's strong i just took a sip of the cocktail I'm a little scared, honestly. I'm a little hungover. <laughs> it's a strong cocktail. Oh, God. <laughs> we might be, um, I may have accidentally put too much rye. That might have been, Ooh. maybe I maybe I tripled the rye on accident. Yikes, Arama. All right. There huh. you go. Maybe it's exactly a, a what we drink need. drink to bring <laughs> in the new year. Yeah. So, I'm doing great. Kat, it sounds like she was doing great. I was doing great last night. <laughs> Henning, I'm glad that you had a fun time. It was nice. It was low-key. Uh, the the most exciting part of the evening was when midnight hit. Um, my buddy Caleb 
went outside with a Roman candle. This is not Laz Laffy. This is someone else. Uh, went outside with a Roman candle, lit it upside down, and the first shell flew through the open door into the kitchen. Holy crap! With like a hundred children inside. No, no, this was this okay. was later on in the evening. There Got was like it. there was five of us ah. for New Year's Eve, and it so it exploded in the kitchen. Oh my god! <laughs> Did he? And instantly he flipped it around, and then. Shot off the rest of them. Oh my gosh! He's like, I, I'm sorry. I I assume that you would light the bottom of it, and they would come out the top. <laughs> and that's so not. That it goes not out. the way that it was. All right. So, yeah. Did it do any damage? Okay. No, no smoke alarms. We were all out of the way. Okay. Because we were all. No one was in the kitchen when it shot inside. All right. But man, I guess it doesn't have a big radius. I would think that that would like. Yeah, it was like a pretty dinky firework. Thank okay. goodness. Yeah. Man, so that was that was that was pretty wild. That is pretty wild. And then, like seven minutes after twelve, everyone was like, "We're tired. We're gonna go to bed." So uh, I went. Home. Oh, there you go. See, I did not. <laughs> I did not take that yep. cue. I went. We stayed at their house until I think one thirty or two. Oh, I would have loved to. Um, yeah. But no joke, fam. I got home. I got home at two, and I didn't wake up until twelve thirty today. Oh, well. Man. When's the last time you were up till two? Years probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounded like you needed it and you needed the sleep. So it's that's been good. a while. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I was, I don't know. I uh, feel like I expect a lot more from myself. So when I wake up at 1230, I'm just like, you failure. <laughs> yeah, sleeping in is kind of. I have a hard time sleeping in too for that yeah. same reason. I feel gross. Like yeah, I sleep right? past 10, even and if I, I need it. I didn't get it wrong. today. <laughs> so here's a fun fact about me. And this is why this podcast is very conducive for my, uh, my activities here, but I don't get hangovers from alcohol. I never have. And it's very have you weird. Ever con- you consumed enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Have you really <laughs> tried Henning? <What? laughs> one night, one night. Um, this is how much of a rager partier I am is I opened a <laughs> bottle of Lagavulin scotch with my dad and my wife and I played Pinochle with my parents all night and we opened the bottle of Lagavulin and he and I were the only one drinking and we finished the bottle between the two of oh us. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a good amount. <laughs> and still, I, like, I still don't have mm. hangovers. I woke up the next morning perfectly fine. It was weird. We gotta try different liquors. That's- yeah, <laughs> scotch obviously... You know, yeah, it's maybe in your this blood is, or something. Yeah, Lagavulin's like made for you. That's yeah, <laughs> this your is body's true. just like, oh, good, sweet nectar. This is just don't, yeah. just no, don't overindulge in wine. That'll mess you up. Yeah, yeah. the sugar content. That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, I so think... I feel like I get like oversleep hangovers. If that's the thing, like I wake up mm, yes. after sleeping yeah. more than nine hours. It's You're it's groggy. The, probably the closest thing to an actual hangover I've ever had. Is just I'm groggy. Like feel like. Just my whole head just doesn't want to be my head anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what a hangover is. That's a really good description. <laughs> but it only comes from oversleeping. It does not come from over drinking, which is huh. wild to me. I think I discovered last night that um, I might exclusively drink lemon gin martinis going forward. Because they're amazing? Because one, they're amazing. Two, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Right. It's efficient. When you're out, <laughs> or do you want to just drink gin martinis here every I made, week? Well, <laughs> I like expanding my repertoire mm. here every week, okay. but but um, and there isn't that much sugar content, and so right, you know, yeah. I actually yep. felt I was like groggy because I didn't go to bed till like four last night, so I was kind of 
I was tired this morning more than anything else. <laughs> but is. I didn't have like the headache or any of that stuff. So I think right. I think it's like the smartest way to go. Gin martinis. Right yeah, on. I'm I'm a big fan <laughs> of finding your drink and just sticking with it. I'm, I'm a bourbon guy. Very much advocate for that. Yeah. The uh the other night we had that bourbon evening. Mm-hmm. Wish you would have been able to make it. Oh yeah, yeah. It was that it was fun. pretty fun. But yeah. we had everyone brought bourbon. And ingredients, and we just made yeah. whiskey was, cocktails. Was that what you put up on the Whiskey Bench Pod Instagram story? Because that looked it was. insane. Yes. And so we had probably, I don't know, there was probably 20 different bottles of whiskey that just ended up showing up there. Mm. We had appetizers and snacks and cocktails. and Nice. If I just stick with, it doesn't really matter what it is, if I just stick with one liquor, mm-hmm. I'm sitting pretty totally. all night. Totally. Woke up, just pumped on life. There you go. But if you mix, <laughs> if you mix and match, is where it gets dangerous. You're saying? Yeah. Okay. Vermouth doesn't count. That goes okay. with everything. Sure. <laughs> Does it really? Did anybody make a bourbon Campari cocktail? Because I was curious mm-hmm. about that. I wanted to bring Campari just because I love Campari, yes. but then I realized I actually don't know how to mix it. with We bourbon. made the uh, Boulevardiers. That's right. Okay. So right. Vermouth, Campari, and bourbon. And then okay. I did a variation of that. So it's like a Negroni. It's like a Negroni, but with bourbon instead okay. of gin. Got it. And then we also did uh, a variation of the Boulevardier. I don't remember what it's called, but it mm-hmm. has uh, some lemon juice in it as well. Oh, that'd be good. So it's a little tart, and you shake it, and it's really, really good. And then we did this, what we're drinking tonight. Which is? A Toronto. Mm. It's Canadian rye whiskey. Tonight, we are not drinking Canadian rye whiskey because I just don't have any on my shelf. Disappointment. A little bit of simple syrup, a little bit of fernet, and some bitters. And basically, it's just a variation of an old fashioned. But the fernet is really nice. It's Ooh. one of the few, <laughs> like, actual cocktails that has fernet in it. So, am I feeling the fernet, that warm heat down my throat? I, is that the fernet or is that just the rye? I think the rye is amplifying that in the fernet mm-hmm. okay. because the Rittenhouse rye is pretty like spicy. Okay. It's got some heat to it. And then the Fernet has a nice like piney burn almost. So I think it's kind of amplifying it. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. It is strong. But it's it is nice. strong. I'm glad he didn't go for a gin cocktail tonight because that I probably could. Yeah, you're like, right nope, no, gin, no, <laughs> no gin more for gin me. for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet mother. Roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for Christmas gave me a bottle of gin that she had aged herself oh, with beautiful. honey and pear. Oh. So it had been sitting for like three months or four months, mm. and it's really tasty. So we're going to have to do some martinis with a pear gin. That'd be fabulous. That, that sounds, sounds so good. Beautiful. What does she age it in? Is there a specific like vessel or type she, of material to use? I don't remember what, what it was in. I think she just had one of those jars Okay. with like a, a rubber seal that clamps down. Okay, yeah. So it was all sealed up. Mm-hmm. But nice. pears and honey, it was delicious. Looking forward to that one. That'll be good. <laughs> I am drinking my delightful Lagavulin 16-year-old this evening. It also has a spicy, peaty burn in the throat, but it's it's perfect is what it is. Oh, we did drink a lot of Fernet at that bourbon night, too, actually. Mm. Fernet but it goes Bronca, with everything. Fernet, so, yeah. Mont- Mente, and Fernet Valet. The, oh, so there's different oh, there's a lot of Fernets. types of Fernet. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize that. <clears throat> Yes. Okay. I have a cousin who loves Fernet. Anytime you go to, like, he throws these massive parties at his house mm-hmm. in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and, like, he either wants you to bring, 
like a couple 24 racks of hams or he wants you to bring a couple uh, bottles of Fernet. <laughs> those are like, those are his things. The man hams knows what he's Fernet. about. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he does. Well, that's fair. Fernet <laughs> never spoils the evening, so you can drink it with anything. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Excellent. That was, that was, that was kind of Christmas. Then we had a little bourbon party and then New Year's Eve. I went skiing the first time in like seven years the other day. That was super fun. You sore? How do you feel? Yeah, I'm real sore. Yeah. You went like downhill skiing? Yeah, I went snowboarding. Okay, cool. But I just call it skiing. Yeah. But yeah, my butt hurts, (laughs) my thighs hurt, my lower back hurts. I feel like I know some skiers who would be angry at you just calling... And snowboarders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I went and did winter sports downhill. There you go. There you go. And so that was a blast. Where did you go? We went to Discovery. Oh, that's past a, Anaconda. That's funny. I have another friend who just went there too the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Huh. It was a blast. The snow was good compared to everywhere else in the state. Cool. So yeah, where it's it was, not it was, falling it was, anywhere. Yeah, exactly. That's so it was, it was nice for not going and. Yeah. Years and years and years, I'd only wrecked once, and the one wreck I had was really bad and hurt. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, yeah, now it's 2021. That it is. It's it is. It's the first. It is. Today's the day. First day of the year. Off to a pretty good start, I think. I would say so. <laughs> Making a podcast. That's always a good sign. Oh, it is. So, tonight, I think we want to do a little recap, I think, of 2020. I'd love to hear some of our highlights, the good, the great... We already all know the bad, so we can, yeah, yeah. the best, and then <laughs> let's do a little uh, 2021 hopes and dreams. I'm so Where in. we begin? Oh, man. It all started January 1st. That's right. 2020. <laughs> this time one year ago. And I don't remember what I did. I was in Washington State, January 1st, 2020. Um, I had just seen episode nine of the Star Wars movies, mm. and- I came down with probably the worst flu I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I think it's legitimately possible that I had COVID in January, but I've never gotten it an is. antibody it definitely test. Is possible. It absolutely uh, is. As early as November in the United States. So but, yeah. here's, here's, here's the wild thing. The way 2020 started, fam, is I was in Washington. I started coming down with something, and it feels like every time I go visit my family in the Seattle area, I get sick, and it's usually just mm-hmm. like flu or head cold or whatever. But, uh, but this time, because, you know, usually a head cold starts runny nose, sore throat, all that, and then it just kind of, like, migrates into your chest. This Mm -hmm. time, January 1st, 2020, I remember specifically, like, remarking to my my mom, it's weird because usually my sickness comes with a head cold first, but now this one is only starting in the chest, and the weirdest part is that I still can't taste anything. Oh, okay. It sounds like you had it. (laughs) (laughs) It does. So that was wild. Um, and it's really weird to think about, especially because I don't know, especially in the Seattle area, they think that the first case of COVID-19 was like early February, but yeah, I still, I still don't know. It's so much more widespread than anything's than what we've been able to project or what we're estimating. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was there earlier. And that's what you had. So that was pretty wild. That was a that was a pretty bad bummer. Started the started the year with again what was I what I was calling at the time the worst flu of my life. But <laughs> I mean from there it was only kind of uphill. <laughs> that go. is I think absolutely true. 
2020 had a lot that occurred, but I think the trend for me, at least in the last few years, that I've started really caring, like it's been a, if you zoom out on the timeline, it's an upward Ah, graph, mm -hmm. ever climbing. So I would say 2020 was actually a really, really good year for a lot of reasons. I can elaborate or we can yeah. continue N down. Name, name what do you few, got? Name, name drop some of these reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was the first week of January that I had found out that my dad uh, was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Mm. Mm. So that was obviously like a pretty bad way to start the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But since then, through COVID and I mean, a lot of, I probably didn't go home for four or five months while he was doing treatment and everything like that. But now he's gone through all of his radiation and chemo and had his surgeries. And he's kind of back on the mend. His immune system's bolstered, getting better every day. So, I mean, that's a huge plus. That's a win. That's right was there, probably yeah. the biggest thing of 2020, yeah. honestly. Absolutely. Moved into a new house, which is a great environment. We started Whiskey Bench. Yeah, Whiskey Bench. Which is exciting. Circa 2020. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Today's episode 10, which yep. is like a cute little baby. Absolutely. Achievement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little baby achievement. Double digits. I feel like that's actually a trend for a lot of people in my life that broadly 2020 was like one sort of nightmare after the next. But it seems like for a lot of the people I know, personally <clears throat> for them, it was actually quite a good year. So, yeah, absolutely. I know so many people that were kind of forced to do a lot of sitting with themselves mm. and I think it was scary and miserable for them but it ended up being probably what they needed some of that introspection and sure. really having to wrestle with who they were that's always valuable if you're sitting with yourself for yeah. weeks and weeks most people will go mad so <laughs> <laughs> no it's a healthy exercise for sure I think so <laughs> absolutely you guys remember when it, like New Year's last year, everyone was talking on podcasts and social media about how 2020 is the year of like clear vision and here we go. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I liked that when it was when it was happening. It became old hat by January 3rd. But <laughs> but I do still think that the hopes everyone had for 2020 in a way kind of ended up being satisfied anyway so like in in my in my view of the world the way i'm i'm looking out on what has been happening this year like a lot of things have been like exposed and unveiled and if we're like harping on that that vision language for 2020 like clear vision it's like we got to see the underbelly of a lot of things in our culture and in our world that's very true and i think mm -hmm. a lot of it has actually beneficial as we step forward like we finally get to establish uh, where things are at politically or sociologically, everything that happened around the Black Lives Matter movement coming back to the forefront in the middle of the pandemic as well. It's like, man, we have a lot to work on, but it is exposed and it is the year of vision, as we were all saying January this time last year. So we got some things to work on, though, and we got some things to fix, but that's that's OK. At least we know what the problem is now, or at least some of them. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's sort of that same process of being forced to sit with yourself, and mm -hmm. that can be so uncomfortable while you're in that process. But when you get to the end of it, hopefully, you've learned something, and you have a clear idea of, of how to move forward in a healthy way. And yeah. I think what you're saying, Henning, is, is really true. And um, 
I think we've learned some good lessons this year. I think so. <laughs> I Hopefully think so. As like a society, I think we have. <laughs> We certainly went through the lessons, so hopefully we took, you know. Hopefully we bring we some benefit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. It definitely, in in a paradoxical way as well, the way the pandemic kind of shifted everything to, oh, Lord have mercy, like Zoom and Discord and just like <laughs> the digital space. Like, I, right. like our, our world will definitely not be stepping forward the same even post-vaccine and post-COVID-19 like being on the forefront every time you step out your front door. Man, like, and for me personally, 2020 was a year of not only just good connection, because like you were saying, Stephen, like we were all kind of forced to remain. And in my mm -hmm. case, I, I was forced is the wrong word <laughs> as soon as the context switches. But like my wife and I got a lot closer. So it was like the year of connection for a lot of people. And for me personally right. as well, it was the year of reconnection with so many people like who I've grown up with throughout my life, like running my no normal people project for the last year, I did 40 interviews with people. I was either already very close with was kind of close with and more like acquaintances or in, in the case of my friend, like Alex Falcongrove, he and I hadn't spoken to each other for 23 years. And now he hmm. and I talk to each other almost every day. There's a paradoxical action that came from, the the social distancing quote unquote or the the isolation feeling of the pandemic that brought a lot of reconnection to my life and that's definitely what's going to mark 2020 for me right you know i observed that as well sort of in my professional life that once when we had initially closed the office down and moved to remote work i felt like it oddly kind of sowed this intimacy throughout like our team because all of a sudden we're like talking to each other in our bedrooms, you know, mm -hmm. and and like it just and and it bonded you because everyone was sort of going through this, like trying to sort out how do we do our jobs amidst this problem. Right. And um, yeah, yeah, I think I think it definitely brought people closer together. It shattered um, a lot of conceptions of what like doing your job actually means too, because there's a lot around office culture yeah. that has almost nothing to do with the actual product you put out. Or the message you are broadcasting. So, like, I love the idea of just everyone, if you had the chance to do so, like, Kat, like, you go home, you work from home, and now you know, like, these are the coworkers who used to dress really nice around you every day in the office. And now you know that they're, like, in their pajamas in their bedrooms on the other side of their <laughs> right. Zoom camera. And it's like, hey, we're all doing this thing together, at least, right? Right. Yeah. And absolutely. it's opened up a lot of opportunities for people that maybe never considered or thought that they were capable of working from home. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people had to work from home and it's probably not good for them. They just do better in an office setting. Mm -hmm. And chances are that's going to continue. But I think a lot of people realized, hey, I'm actually far more efficient when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. And a lot, a lot of companies have seen their work quality improve mm -hmm. even through all this. And they can cut costs, too, exactly. right, by doing that. And so. people now, I mean, businesses are looking at being able to maybe downsize building sizes, mm -hmm. office spaces. Yep. You know, people that want to work in an office setting can, and then the people that want to work from home oh, will seriously. have opportunity, They'll more time with their family. Yeah, you can almost see, like... Or their cats, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or that. <clears throat> you could almost see, like, a future where there's fewer and fewer, like, established brick-and-mortar headquarters dedicated to one company, and rather... Oh, definitely. 
companies just renting out communal work spaces right. for those that want to do that. And then other people are still working remotely. Yeah. 2021 um, is the, uh, the resurgence of WeWork. There's the prediction <laughs> <yeah>. right there. <laughs> I do like, I like the, uh, the move as well, where a lot of bigger companies have just wholesale made the decision to never like quote unquote, come back to the office. Twitter just deciding, Hey, we're a hundred percent remote. What I like about that is that it opens up the possibility of like, the labor pool available to work at Twitter. It's like, you don't have to move to Silicon Valley anymore to work. Exactly. Which is, I think a and great you, thing. And you know what that means <laughs> that, and that, that has driven the acceleration of people leaving mm-hmm. these places yes. like California right. and New York. Right. Because the demand right? for those huge spots like Silicon Valley, like the real estate market there, the demand was because the companies were already there. So yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, major major upheaval and and shift, and mm-hmm. that's like we're still seeing the waves of it. Yeah, well, even like REI, they put in like a multi million dollar project to build a new headquarters in downtown Seattle, and it was never occupied. Like they they finished the building apparently like late February, and then they immediately tried to like they started to try selling it because they just decided Mm. we're actually never going to use this now that we know that we can all work from home or work in a more distributed fashion anyway what a wild that that must have been a hard decision to be like here's this new facility we built out but in the long run it probably won't serve us as much i feel like we should still acknowledge the people who have been just completely screwed in this entire situation who can't work from home mm. and well just no. lost their jobs that's true just a shout out to those <laughs> folks yes <laughs> because i still have quite a few friends back home who are still without work and yep. you know the future is quite it's so uncertain and it's still very scary for them right that is something to consider with all the positives and everything i mean i do want to acknowledge that i love business people and in montana last i saw it's going to be about 20 percent of small businesses will not reopened mm-hmm. and then nationwide i think it's much higher it's closer to 40 percent. 40 percent and then in yeah. places like new york and la i think it's upwards of 60 percent of small businesses won't reopen yeah that's wild it's it is so you know there's some good that did come out of it but there are going to be a lot of of business people that are you know business people are resilient generally they yeah for sure hop back and they'll start something new or try something different but It'll be a slow, a slow go. And we'll probably still see that in New York and in L.A. for a while. <laughs> New York that just recently yeah. was like, yeah, we'll probably be in quarantine till like next November. Just recently. Yep. Screw, <laughs> screw you guys. I'm really glad I don't live in California anymore. I'll yeah. just say that. So. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that was sad. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sorry, California. You're beautiful, but you've destroyed yourself. That does make mm. me think of funny little anecdote that to me represents it's a it's a great example of sort of the government overreach that i think was exposed throughout yes. or the dangers of of government overreach that was exposed throughout all of the crises we experienced in 2020 which for me if i had to pick a silver lining of the year that that's a big one i think more and more people are acutely aware of how dangerous big government is and how they can make a bad situation worse and how valuable the private sector is in actually innovating and creating prosperity. I'm glad, I hope, I think people have have more people are aware of that now and I think that'll be beneficial for our society going forward. But speaking of California, that <laughs> a perfect example to me of what has really 
um, just put that on full display. And it's part of what's driving this effort now to actually recall Governor Gavin Newsom, Mm. which I sure hope works (laughs) because that man deserves to lose some power right now. But um, so they had there's this unfolding scandal in California where there was two billion in fraudulent jobless benefits claims where the money was going to deceased people. One person was collecting through different social security numbers for people who were no longer alive. It was going to people who were in prison and weren't eligible to receive it. It was going to like elicit uh, like gun running activity and drug activity and just like all sorts of just, I mean, $2 billion. That's a lot, right? Yeah, that's a fair amount. And one of my favorite little tidbits from this whole thing, and it's still unfolding and we're learning more, but there was a rapper in LA who- Oh, I heard about this. Who got, yes. he got caught, I guess, let's see, $1.2 million he stole in these benefits by using fake stolen social security numbers to collect. He got caught because he made a rap video and posted it on his YouTube channel. And my favorite line from the song, you can look it up. (laughs) My favorite line from the song is, you got to sell cocaine. I just got to file a claim. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was like. Oh, I just wanted to share that with our wow. audience because I think is it's that, so funny. But. Is, that, is that poetic justice? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Wow. It's just insane. But that, to me, that was like, finally, the people of California are finally starting to recognize, like, holy moly, like, this mm-hmm. has gone way too far. There's so much waste. It's so inefficient. And the draconian measures that they're taking to protect people, quote unquote, is just, it's people are finally realizing it's too much. And so hopefully going forward, they'll think differently or more carefully about who they give power to. Mm -hmm. That's my silver lining of 2020. There it is. The year of clear vision, right? Things being exposed, uncovered. (laughs) What about personally, Kat? What what happened in your life that you could point to as a silver lining or a good thing? Um, I think I was sort of, I grew a lot in my role at uh, the organization I work for, Mm. working in marketing and communications during a global pandemic and then like civil unrest is a challenge <laughs> and so it sort of it just it forced all of us to to i guess think a bit more carefully and more creatively about how we share our message and really prioritize differently and um so that was a challenge but something that i think was really fruitful for our team and um mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. personally in my own professional development and i was Whiskey Bench is a big one for me. I'm super stoked to be doing this. It's exciting. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it over the next year and hopefully years to come after that. Yes. And I think um, I have an opportunity to write more now, which I'm also very excited about. Yes. Tell me me about this writing project. You you gave me a a hint or a spoiler at it on your recap for No Normal People. But tell me about your your writing. Was it a grant? Not a grant. No, it's... um, it's a so it's a program through a nonprofit called Young Voices. Mm-hmm. And basically what they do is provide a platform for aspiring writers that are sort of a part of the classical liberal liberty movement. And so they provide editors and they provide like PR services to help get your writing published. Um, wow. And so this program. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty it's a great idea because there's, you know, basically they're just they're finding young talent Mm -hmm. um, and giving them a platform and they're really, really well connected in that world. So 
it's a really good opportunity to grow your network. And yeah, so it's a six month program and I will be writing one opinion editorial piece per month. We'll see. Hopefully I get them published in some good outlets. When does the first one? So our first uh, meeting is on January 6th and I'll get more details on when they want to start pitching and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I have the first piece written. It's basically about why nuclear energy is really the only thing that we should be focusing on. Well, I shouldn't put it in those terms. Why nuclear energy is critically important if we want to really move away from fossil fuels. And yeah, so we'll we'll see. I think that's going to kind of be my direction or my beat. I'm going to focus on um, environmental policy Mm, from a classical liberal perspective and a market oriented perspective. And I think I'm I'm excited about this because I'll be able to write have a little bit more leeway to write about more things than I would be able to write about through Perk. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'll get to talk about things that I've been really interested in that we don't focus on at Perk and it wouldn't make sense for me to write about oh, it sweet. Um, under that byline. So Will you keep us yeah, updated we'll on the podcast whenever those get published so we can let everyone read them? I'd love to read them. That would be awesome. <laughs> I know yeah. I want to read them. Yeah, totally. I absolutely will. That'll Keep yeah, us updated. Give us links. We'll put them all over the show notes and social media and stuff. <laughs> oh, Kat's got a Twitter now, and she's gonna start she, writing. You're gonna, you're I got gonna, a Twitter. You're, you're yeah. gonna blow up. You're gonna blow up. You're gonna be famous. Oh boy! <laughs> Absolutely. That is very, very exciting. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook.com/WhiskeyBenchPod for Android users. There, you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two-sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. I had a tweet on Twitter. That was redundant. But uh, <laughs> I said something about how Twitter, I think, it, in the microcosm, reveals uh, like a lot about what the world is like. So if you come to Twitter and expect it to be just a horrible cesspool of people very angry at each other and like firing shots back and forth it'll twitter will probably manifest itself that way but if you choose the attitude like i do that it's the best website on the internet and that there's a lot of fun and there's a lot of joy and <laughs> connection available then twitter actually becomes that to you and i think that there's a little bit of that i think this this sounds very like mind over matter doesn't it but I think the world is a little bit like that as well. Like what you focus on expands and what you focus on determines what you also miss. So if you're focused on positive and joy and like contributing beyond yourself, the world looks a lot brighter and a lot more welcoming. Mm -hmm. But if you focus on the negative and the dark corners of everything and just like the fires that are smoldering everywhere, then yeah, the whole thing is going to look like that. There's there's another there's another diatribe on Twitter. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> yep. It's true for Twitter. It's true for your writing. It's true for your work. It's true for your life, like mm-hmm. year on year, right? Yeah. Your interactions with people in a grocery store. Just, yeah, your whole perspective. Right. So that that being the segue there, what are we focusing on in 2021 that you hope to manifest in the world? Ah. Okay. 2021. I want to focus on Whiskey Bench. That's very, very high on my list. Continuing to learn and communicate with you two and then 
whoever is beautiful and lovely enough to listen to us. Our whiskey babies. This cannot be the thing I'm that kidding. sticks, Kat. No. <laughs> I made a horrible mistake yeah. with that. What joke. have we done? <laughs> what have we done? No, but I'm really excited to have more people join in and listening. And I'm hopeful that the audience will continue to grow with a variety of opinions uh, in that said audience. I'm excited to interact with with that. I'm I'm definitely focusing on pursuing perspectives that are different than mine, especially politically. That's something that I've started to pretty hardcore in recent time work on, but I think this is as good a time as any to continue with that. Mm-hmm. That's with the Whiskey Bench. I'm going to obviously continue with my work. I want to continue to learn and I guess fine tune my skill. What else is going on? Keep my plants alive. Keep your plants alive. <laughs> Will you tell me about what Torna Works is for you? Mm. So for anyone that doesn't know, I am an independent contractor in Bozeman and my business is Torna Works. And I sub out all sorts of, of things. I do carpentry, finished carpentry, remodels. I've done some new construction. And so Torna Works for me right now is a way to continue to grow a wide variety of skills that I can use for future business endeavors, primarily being probably real estate or commercial real estate, something like that. I want to be able to get a wide perspective of what's involved in projects and then translate it into my own personal endeavors, whether it be flipping a house or rental property. Storage units is is always always an option. My roommates are working on that right now. There's some other things up my sleeve that I've been scheming. Mm. That's that's part of it. I've got a lot of stuff that I'm scheming right now. (laughs) Just just so y'all know. Very nice. There's so many things that I'm scheming for this year. So Whiskey Bench and and my uh, Torn Works are just two of those things. Excellent. I'm keeping, I just want to keep busy. You know, that's the biggest thing. You this, have no it, problem doing it, that. No, no, but, but I have in the past. Mm. And this last year was, you know, we were talking about not liking to sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was a great year for not sleeping in. My sleep schedule is getting better and better. I want to work. I find purpose and motivation in it. It's been good. So I want to continue with that. Mm-hmm. I want to, I'm on a upward trajectory of success and happiness and and I like it, and I want to continue with it. So, <laughs> <Good. Nice. laughs> but it's not that's just the. That's the it's plan. not just busy work for you, though. From what I can tell, it's all engaged work. Like it, it very much, like sucks you into the moment, and you're you're there and present and doing the thing. Whereas busy work, like I don't know, I I I've attached some negative negativity to the word busy just because it's easy to be like a a toss off, mm-hmm. like. Hey, how's your life going? Oh man, I'm so busy. And I'm like that's the end of the conversation right. because that's how so, it's So, and this is something and that's <laughs> something that I need to work on. Uh, a great example is in the past it would be, you know, I get invited to go skiing the other day. And I thought, "Oh man, I really I need to do a whiskey bench social media post and I need to do laundry and I need to clean and I need to unpack from coming back from Christmas." When I say I'm busy, I want it to either be purpose-driven or I'm busy investing in other people. And so I decided to go skiing. And then I was busy that day, spending time with friends and mm-hmm. and fostering relationships. Like I can do laundry at night. I can, you know, the social media posts can wait. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm trying to make sure that I don't have the I'm busy label when it when, you know, it's just a bunch of BS. Mm. 
if I say I'm busy, I want to make sure that this is something that has to be done and it's worth my time. You're so. getting value out of yes, the thing exactly. that's making you busy. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good guard stick for whether you should do an activity. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, you know, I don't think it's a good yardstick to say I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. Sometimes there's things you have to do. Sure. And it's healthy to do those things. Mm-hmm. But, but I think sometimes you can look for opportunities to say like, I actually don't want to do this. Why am I still doing this? And you can find ways to right. stop doing and, it. And that's mm-hmm. part of learning because there's a lot of wise people out there that have kind of mastered that. When is it okay to say you're not going to do something? When do you need to do something? That's something I'm going to continue to work on. Mm. What about you, Henning? Oh. What are you... What are you looking oh, forward to this man. year? What do you have on 2021? your mind? 2021. Well, first and foremost on my mind right now <laughs> is uh, I'm going to buy a... He's starting five more podcasts. No, no. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I think three was enough for 2020, right? And then 2021 yeah. is going to be the year of, of growth for these shows. Yes. And also, so like I told you guys this, but uh, in December of 2020, I secured the LLC from a new podcast network business that I'm working on. Yes. And uh, yeah, so like I was looking over it, No Normal People, Ravel, and Whiskey Bench, the three podcasts I'm involved in. And collectively, these three shows have published 90 episodes over 2020. That's which awesome. Which easily equates to more than 100 hours of, of audio that we've released. And that is so wild to me because in 2019, I was like, I want to own a podcast. I want to start something. And now I can look back yeah. at the last year and be like, holy smokes, I did it. I don't know. There's a, there's a little bit of like an addictive quality to like, I'm, I'm getting really excited about having ideas and then just actually seeing them happen. So 2021 is definitely going to be a year of building a podcast network, building out a really good website and like merch store for the the shows that are going to be involved. And also just working on developing other shows and developing the, like the education angle of actually like developing an online class to teach people how to do this. Cause there were so many voices that I chose over uh, like my Skillshare subscription and free stuff on YouTube and other podcasts I listen to about starting podcasts, which is like too meta almost. But you know, like there were so many voices and there were so many things that I learned, but there were also so many things that aren't necessary. And what I want to do is through through Highline Network is like create an online class or a way to show people like this is like what you should focus on thinking about or even like the way we launched whiskey bench all the time we put together into like Mm -hmm. in in a google doc trying to say like what are our values as a group even if our political opinions differ or philosophical opinions differ like where's the common ground and what kind of voice do we want to craft for whiskey bench like that's a lot of what starting a podcast is so that's going to be like a whole side of highline that i'm very excited about so I'm thinking a lot about that on a personal side of things. Like my wife and I are going to buy a house this year and that's super exciting. Oh man. That's my hope. If I can, if I can own a piece of property by the end of 2021, that'd be, Oh man. It'd be like bonus. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. That's, that's what we're gunning for. We're already in the, the mortgage application process, but so in October of 2019, my wife and I paid off our last, cent of debt and so all of 2020 was debt free and we were also very proud of ourselves and very uh happy with ourselves that we had established a very healthy emergency fund by march so like by the time the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit it was like we felt so good about where we were sitting 
which again, we can acknowledge that not a lot of people had that, but we were very proud of the, all the work we put into from 2015 to 2019, paying off almost well, 45 this is, grand. A lot of people coming in don't know the situation, but I've seen Stephen and Dixie for years now pursue this and be diligent and purposeful in their finances. And so, you know, this is something that you've worked really hard for and you've earned. Absolutely. Yeah. And it felt this is something that's been a long time in the making. It's a big accomplishment, too. Thank you. Thank you. And you're young. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're you're ahead of the curve for, you know, by a lot of standards. Yeah. Thanks. So like by mid 2020, though, because I wasn't paying any debt off, like I don't run a credit card even like paying off the balance every month, mm-hmm. I let my credit score drop to zero. So now we're in the mortgage application process. And there are companies that do manual underwriting for people who don't have credit. But yeah, that's right. the process we're in right now. We're like so close to having our like 10% down payment ready to go. And we're going to be hiring a realtor in the next month or two. And dang, that's exciting. Cause like there's going to be a whole room of that. That's just podcast studio and just music studio. And oh, like, this is I'm amazing. so excited for it. I have so many ideas, Torna, to even hire you through Torna Works to like help me out with the house or build some custom furniture for it. Like, oh, that'd be dream, so rad, my man. I want to help with the studio. That'd be so, I'm so fun. hyped. Here we go. Yeah. So buying a house. Yes. I'm definitely gonna make 2021 a a lot more give give myself a lot more focus time to read. And this mm-hmm. this is where choosing engagement over busyness is really important to me because especially when yes. when like full on lockdown happened for us all my personal habits all my morning routines all the good stuff that I've been working on over the last few years just like vanished and I got very mad at myself so like there were a good 6 months that I didn't even crack a book open and mm-hmm. 2021 that's easy to do 2021 will that. not be like that this time I have a personal goal of reading every so like you know how you collect books over your life and they just end up on your shelf and half the time you pass your bookshelf and you're like I still haven't read that I don't like that I'm I'm smiling right now because I have a stack on my desk (laughs) I've gotten so many books in the last week seriously (laughs) from people people lending me books Christmas presents um, recommendations what do I have here I've got six books right now three of which I'm currently reading and i need to stop reading multiple books at once and just finish one <laughs> i do that same I have and that then move too. on <laughs> uh oh wait i gotta back up really quick i'm gonna go on a little bit of a, a tangent here. Heading. Yeah. my my mother absolutely loves your idea of note cards having like a notebook or your what did, what did you call it you've got your like fun book and then you've got your note card yep, book yeah i call it my chair book and my bed book so bed book is always fiction your chair book and yeah. your bed book my mother loves that idea and i'm pretty sure that she started oh that. that's so sweet <laughs> thank you so much yeah i i compulsively like underline and note the margins and use different symbols to mean different things for me across the page when i read a book and so what what you're referring to is i i bought a huge box of those like library uh sleeves that mm-hmm. they stick on the inside cover and then i just took like index cards or even the uh, the actual like the way libraries used to work with where they had the card and you would put the date and your name and so when you check it in they could you know all that um mm, right yeah just use those cards and then i just mark down the page and like if i want to be able to visit that book in a year or so 
I could just pull out the card and be like, I'm looking for this topic and I know there's a really good section on it. So I just find the, the idea and then flip to the page and it's right there. So it's a very good system. It's proven very handy so far. I'm so glad other people are doing it. Thank you for telling me, Torna. <laughs> that's very sweet. That's a, that's a good exercise to kind of help you have a deeper experience with what you're reading. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. I think, um, mm -hmm. something I learned a few years ago with book reading, especially when I got really into like committing to read my entire shelf, which was where I was headed in 2021. I want to read the rest of the books I haven't read so that I can just like start buying a few books every month and finish them every month and just continue to build a library that way instead of letting books that I haven't read yet continue to collect dust on my shelf. Like I want, I want the books on my mm -hmm. shelf to be ones I've read and the ones I value keeping on the shelf. But yeah, a few years ago when I started dreaming up that commitment, uh, one of one of the things I learned, I forget who said it on what podcast. It was probably a Tim Ferriss recommendation, but essentially it's like read every book as if you're going to be asked to teach it as soon as you're done. Mm -hmm. So really like trying to pay attention to the themes and even just trying to pay attention to the way the writer performs his craft, like a well-written paragraph is just so beautiful to me. And I have dreams of one day being a writer myself as well. So just really paying attention to like what works on me, what doesn't work on me and keep all those. There's so many things to keep in mind when you're reading a book. So if you're taking notes, it very much gets you closer to a, a place where you can actually start emulating what you admired in a book you enjoyed. Right. What's the point of spending time reading through a book and getting nothing out of it? Right. Yeah. And I think... No. Oh man. Sorry, there was there was one more thought you just kicked off there. I uh I've only with one book um on my shelf like started to read it and decided that I was not mm -hmm. going to finish it because I was not into it. It was a novel yep. that I just was not connecting with me. It was it was something that every night I was laying down and I would like dream up an excuse for why I should just go to sleep instead <laughs> of open the book again. So I'm like you know, just like, just put it down. It's fine. Yeah. I am guilty of this being like, I have to finish this book. Right. I have to, I have to finish it. And then I end up spending three months on a book <laughs> and you know, maybe I should have just put it down and read three books, you know, mm -hmm. you know, there's no guilt in saying you That's didn't like a book, true. not finishing it. Sure. Deciphering what gives, yeah. brings value to your mm -hmm. life. Yeah. yeah. Though that translates there to are waves, <laughs> there are waves of doubt that come to you when you're reading like a tome of a novel like Atlas Shrugged. But I'm so glad I actually finished uh, that book, fam. I'm so right. glad I stuck it out, even though there were a few times I'm like, "Woof, she's at it again." Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't read that yet, so I've read The Fountainhead, but I haven't read uh, Atlas Shrugged. But I'm a big Ayn Rand fan, but I can imagine you, Henning, probably have um, maybe some... I could see you taking issue with some of her, her like, maybe her tone or her approach. Well, yeah, I think my main issue... Or maybe her her philosophy. Her philosophy <laughs> yeah, even isn't that far from mine. I think, oh man, if we want to get mm -hmm. into capitalism chat at the end we of this... We don't have to go down this rabbit hole right now, sorry. <laughs> we could do a whole year series yeah. on yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, would be could. a fun one. But... My yep. my main issue, I've actually I have two main issues that always come to mind when I start talking about this book. One is that she 
very much straw mans her philosophical and political opponents in the characters she writes Mm -hmm. as the opponents to her like the as the antagonists and makes their arguments very weak and like just wimpy and and then with Mm -hmm. her main characters like the people that she's crafting into her hero they're like the most well-reasoned well-thought-out speeches like these diatribes of of her own personal philosophy and you can tell that she's really excited to write their dialogue and then she's like she doesn't want to spend a lot of time really diving into what her opponents think so she just kind of wimps them out a little bit and just represents the weakest side of them that's mm-hmm. that's my main issue and then as a writer my other issue is that she has like four heroes like four main characters and each one of them will end up saying the same speech like two or three times throughout the book. So it's like you hear the same thing from four different voices like 12 times. And it's very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and it's like, it's almost like she as a writer was like, I know this book is super long and I can't let them forget that this is what I believe. So I have to have someone else say it. <laughs> uh, all I can think of is... uh like uh, an NPC in a video game where you've extinguished all of your dialogue options and then it just has one like speech or dialogue that is continually yep. it's just recursive. Yep. You're like, Oh, we don't have anything else to say. So this is the default. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of that, but, uh, Oh man, cat, we should just do a whole episode on Ayn Rand. If you want to, that would be, that would be entertaining. <laughs> that would be fun. Let me uh let me get another book here and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me get through one and then we'll uh, we'll make it happen. Oh, fair enough. We could do a whiskey bench book club and we could <gasps> That would I be like fun. That idea. I actually you know what would be fun this year is maybe every couple months we pick a book that we've read that we really enjoyed and we do a little elevator pitch book review. Ooh, oh. Oh, interesting. And yeah, I like it. Try not to try not to spoil anything, but kind of sure. give it the hard sell. Yeah, uh, that'd be really fun. Cat and I can always exchange books. This is great. We can mail books to you, Henning. Yeah, so we'll mail okay. them to you. Henning. Okay. I mean, we're only like two hours away, you guys. It's not a huge. It's not a huge difference. We really should like. We should all go get a drink or something. I should yeah. meet you in person. Seriously, yeah, definitely. Yeah, twenty twenty one will be the year that we 2021. all meet. Twenty twenty one, Henning meets Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but this also is a symptom of the way our world went digital. It's like you don't sometimes mm-hmm. you can create great relationships just over a digital medium yes. like this. I am a huge proponent of digital relationship. I think that it is a completely viable way to have meaningful interactions with people. Yeah, you met you met some Older friends over can be dubious. You met of some it. friends yes. over like World of Warcraft, I've right? Met League of Legends. League of Legends. It's turned out great. I've traveled all over the country to visit people, and they've come to Bozeman, wow. and so don't don't brush it off too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, it's but nothing beats meeting it's someone about in a bar. Time the cat and I actually like yeah. shake a hand, <laughs> share a drink. Yeah, that's you know that's the dream. But we'll get there, fam. Yeah, we work we'll with what there. we have. Right, right absolutely. Right. All right, that's enough of me, cat. What about you? Twenty twenty one for cat. Well, I was taking a moon bath on the full moon a couple nights ago. Which one? On the 29th. No, 29th was the full was moon. Was the full moon. Yeah. The moon was whew, bright one night and I was like, I don't think it's quite full. Yeah. 
29th. 29th mm-hmm. was the last full moon of 2020. And supposedly because it was in cancer, it was supposed to be like a very like a, a time for introspection and sort of accepting the past and preparing yourself to mm. move forward. And so I did not go to the cocktail party that Torna invited me to. And that was a good decision. I needed to just stay home and kind of like take care of myself. And so I took a really nice long moon bath, which basically just means like basking in the moonlight. And I've made Torna do this with me once yes. before. That was fun. <laughs> we, like first met. It was yeah. nice. Up in Pete's Hill. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, and in any way. And so I, I was doing that and praying and just sort of like doing moon salutations and just kind of connecting with my creator and this mantra came to me guide me lord in in confidence clarity and peace and i just kept repeating confidence clarity mm. and peace and so i i realized like that's what i want to sort of keep at the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. and make my intention for the year ahead so i mean there's going to be you know the fun riding stuff whiskey mm-hmm. bench you know i want to do more i want to get into nordic skiing and there's you know nice. i've got nice. a bunch of backpacking trips i want to do this summer so there are those things i want to go to mexico for my birthday turning 30 this year when, actually when is that? july 9th Ooh, yeah i'll go to mexico there you go yeah. <laughs> but in all those mexico things, city i i'm torn either there or the coast or maybe okay. we it's a longer thing and you do both i was supposed to go to mexico city Her in Panama's 2020 nice. and that didn't work I'm open to ideas. <laughs> I'm open to ideas. But anyway, so in all of the things that I do this next year, I, I just want to I want to move forward in confidence, clarity and peace. So that's that's my goal. That's beautiful. Got dreams for your garden this year. Moon baths are valuable. Oh, I have big plans for my garden Ooh, this year. I'm very right. excited. Yeah. Just more, bigger, better. I want a whole like hydrangea world. I have a shady side of my house that I want to do. It's not even my house, the house I rent, but <laughs> I want like, I treat it like it's my own. So yeah, I've got, I've got big plans. You know what? Imagine a world we would live in if every renter treated their rental property as if it was their home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's how I would, you know, that's what yeah. I try to do. Sure. Do you think some yeah. of the rental market, I don't know. I, I feel like it is more likely to happen if you're renting like single family places out. Whereas when it becomes a complex or a, a multifamily, like a mm-hmm. duplex or something, even like the, the feeling changes as soon as there's more people on like under one roof, it's like, Oh, somebody else take, mm-hmm. takes care of all of this. Whereas if it's, it's a single family, you feel the responsibility to actually take care of the four walls and the, the roof above you. I think that's true to some extent. My mom has always rented after uh, my parents divorced and she's she's always I take after her in that way. She always treated every place like it was her own little space and the landlords loved her and they let her like completely transform the gardens mm-hmm. and change the landscaping wow, and paint. That's, that's and, very cool. Like, make it her own space. So from from like condos to homes, she's kind of always wow. done that. So I think it also just depends on the person. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, hopefully I'll be signing a new another year lease in February. Heck yeah. We're hoping that my landlord's cool. She's she's a fun hippie dippy lady, so oh, nice. <laughs> we get along well. <laughs> Excellent. She's an energy healer. <laughs> she should come on the podcast. Actually, she would be kind of a blast to have on the podcast. That would be super she's, fun. She's a neat gal. <laughs> and I'm dubious of that, so I would love to just listen and right. hear what she has to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. that would be super fun. Totally. There it is, Torna, collecting voices and opinions. We should have a whole conversation about yeah 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 
Maybe we should do like an, yeah, well, I guess we could do it if we have her on, but debate you're dubious of energy healing let's we should have a conversation maybe i do i just i just (laughs) like i don't know anything about it yeah and that seems like gypsy witchcraft and (laughs) (laughs) yeah the key i'll just sit here and listen i don't want to it sounds like gypsy yeah Yeah. but i mean the key the key to no rocks you can't bring any rocks in the house (laughs) the key to starting the conversation in the relationship right though is not calling it gypsy witchcraft before they show up that's true like okay That is fair. It's like calling my plant frumpy. Right. I'm setting myself up for failure. <gasps> frumpy is almost dead, though. I just noticed. Yes. Oh, that's a shame. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I just get a new plant instead. You never know with house plants. It's like, is it enough water? Or is it all too my other much? plants? I think yeah. are doing well. But like I had said, someone I sent a picture to somebody, and they said, "Oh, I love those, whatever that is." And then she said, "I guarantee that it won't survive the winter." So I blame Callie. <laughs> so I blame Callie. For cursing Frumpy. <laughs> I, you could send it to Kat's Plant Rehabilitation Center. And oh, we could this see. is a possibility. Sweet. I blame Torna for calling it Frumpy from the beginning and yeah. <laughs> setting the little guy up for, for a sad day. I know. Well, Kat, oh, if you'd like to, please take it home and I, see what you can do. Mm-hmm. Give, it, give it a little rehabilitation and if it survives and you like it it's yours to keep okay i'll i accept the challenge because i feel like this could be a (laughs) sad cycle of you healing said plant and me taking it back and it's slowly dying dying again and then then you heal it right (laughs) don't send me back there (laughs) so where does this leave us with a close, ever uh, hopeful. With a closed year, the Gregorian calendar is flipped, and it feels so right. <laughs> it, yes, and that's. I mean, just just remember, it's a new year, but obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, things don't change overnight. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, it's an upward trajectory. Stick with it. Also, also Be coming productive. back to like what you focus on expands. I think we were all guilty yes. a little bit of at one time or another just saying like twenty twenty sucks. And externalizing somewhere to put blame or responsibility where Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I personally operate under like, I I don't want to blame a year. I also don't want to blame other people for where I'm at in my life. Like I'm where I am as a product of my own decisions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're either going to do make your life deliberately or you're going to make your life by default. And deliberately seems a lot more attractive to me. So 2020 is gone. Just don't fall to the temptation of blaming 2021 or 2020, even in the past, as something that could be, you know, to to right. make an excuse. Here's the mindset that I want to have always, not just in this year, and I've definitely been working on it last year, but to in the in my profession of work, we always joke about doesn't matter who did it. Everything's our fault. Now, that's mm. true in a business sense. In life, I, I tweak that a little bit. Everything is your responsibility. Mm. Doesn't mean that it was your fault, but it's your responsibility to deal with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so that's my hope is to, for me to continue in 2021 to always keep that in the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Be responsible. All right, friends. Right. Personal responsibility. That's a recurring whiskey <laughs> bench. We theme. will hammer this into... <laughs> 
Yes. I'm, <laughs> you know what? When we start selling merch, I want to sell a mallet for crushing ice for cocktails. And it's going to say oh. personal responsibility. That's on so it. empowering. So I love just, that. I love that idea. Just beat. <laughs> beat a bag of ice with a mallet that says personal responsibility. I just like it. Literally hammer it into your that's, memory. That's very good. Yes. That is a very good <laughs> merch idea right there, my friend. All right, friends, shall we raise a glass then to 2021? Let's I think do so. It. Yeah. Cheers. Honor the year that was, forward to the year ahead. Hope everyone is happy, healthy, and their glass is always full. Thank you for joining us on the Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Thank you.